Hey, everybody. We are just jumping in at the start of this episode to announce that we have launched our Patreon officially. Sam, insert some like trumpet sounds and like cool shit. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, that was good, dude. <laughs> yes, if you guys haven't seen our announcement on social media or elsewhere, um, we have our Patreon up and running right now. We're kicking it off with two tiers. For $3, you can be in our pinch tier, which is access to our podcast Discord. You can chat with us. You can chat with other people that love the Helming Salt Mine. We'll chat about salty stories and you know, just kind of hang out and hang out with our little community that we have here. And then if you want to get in at the $7 tier, this is called a dash. You can see that there's a theme here with salt sprinklings. <laughs> <laughs> if you get in at our dash tier, you will get access to the discord, of course, and you will also become a member of our salt council where we will, you know, kind of propose ideas to you guys for future episodes and things like that. Just sort of get future your merch field. potentially future like... merch potentially. Yeah. Just kind of, you know, have your fingers in the creative side of this a little bit as we kind of use you guys as a sounding board for what we kind of want to potentially do with the show. And then you'll also get an extra bonus episode from us every month. This will vary from things that we've recorded with the three of us, some things that we may bring our friend Nick or friend Pat in or other friends in the MTG community in to record these. Those episodes will be a little, you know, a little bit more long form not necessarily talking about salty stories, just talking about different Magic the Gathering topics and things like that. Um, might sound kind of similar to our Magic 30 episode as well. You know, a little yeah. bit less edited, a little bit more fun and just kind of raw. A little raw dog salt style, style, if you know what I mean. Exactly. Three raw dogs. <laughs> oh. Three uncooked hot dogs just in a room. For the record, Mike really loves the thought of I this. I don't like this. <laughs> Two weird uncooked hot dogs and like one guy making a podcast. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I guess I'll be the guy making the podcast. You guys will be the hot dogs. <laughs> well, anyways, we hope you guys check it out. And, uh, you know, this is something that we're just kicking it off. We're all pretty new to this, so... You know, we're hoping to improve it, add more tiers in the future. We got some big plans. This is really the first step that we're taking in bringing some higher quality to this podcast, doing more giveaways, all that stuff. Yeah. And, and anything you support will be pretty much going right back into the podcast for now. We're, you know, we're looking to cover some costs like our Zoom license and like, you exactly. know, a microphone stand so I can stop knocking my water bottle. <laughs> 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 yeah if anyone is like man these guys are getting greedy and trying to squeeze all the money out of us it's like <laughs> there are so many costs that have to be taken on by this podcast before we can even think about turning a profit on it so you know maybe one day but man that's like that's like josh lee quiet shit we're not even close <laughs> So also uh, a bonus piece for this is going to be that the first uh, 50 patrons that we get at our dash tier uh, will also be getting some of our Howling Salt Mine tokens. And a lot of people had asked about them. And so this is your way to get some. Exactly. We have about 200 tokens. So each person is going to get a play set of four of these treasure tokens. And because these can be kind of easily mailed out, we're opening this up to our international followers as well. Uh, so whether you're in the U.S., 
Canada or overseas internationally, you'll be able to get four of these treasure tokens yourself. Hype, hype, hype. Join the Patreon. Join it, guys. Come chat with us in the Discord. And um, yeah, hopefully this is going to be pretty cool. (laughs) (laughs) One podcast. Mining the Magic the Gathering subreddits for salt. This is the Howling Salt Mine. It's the Howling Salt Mine. The Howling Salt Mine. Welcome back, prospectors. To the Helling Salt My Podcast, <laughs> where I'm getting teased. Uh, I'm Sam. <laughs> How do we start these? Man, where are your notes? You guys know this is the podcast where we delve into those salty, salty, salty minds. Whoa, three times this week <laughs> of the Magic the Gathering subreddits, looking for the saltiest posts that we're going to pull up, talk about. And share with you, our dear prospectors, listening at home, driving in your car, washing the dishes, walking your dog, fucking off at work. He's trying, folks. Showering. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> I always listen to podcasts showering. I do. I listen, I listen to, to Twitch shower. stream showering, actually. <laughs> you fucking pervert. <laughs> no, it's like I ate your pie, like fucking like. Kaizo Iron Man streams, not hot tub streams. <laughs> As always, I'm your host, Sam, and I'm joined by my two co-hosts, Mike and Tony. Say hey, guys. What's up? Hello. We're in a bit of a punchy mood today because we've been talking business for like an hour and a half. <laughs> and we disagree vehemently. Yeah, this is the last everything. episode. We're breaking up. This is it. <laughs> it's been a wild ride. It's been pretty crazy. Well, it'll just be my solo show from now on. Get wrecked. (laughs) Called Get Wrecked. (laughs) That's my fucking phrase. You can't take that from me. (laughs) Man, EDH Wreck should really have a like monthly article called Get Wrecked. I thought you were going to say a monthly game where they all get smashed and then play Commander and like film it and send it out. Get EDH get wrecked. That would be amazing. <laughs> or the Moxfield like recommendation button should just be get wrecked. And it just pulls in all the top. Oh, that would be amazing, dude. That button exists, you know. To just pull in all the top things from EDH rack? Yeah, yeah. To pull in things from EDH rack for your Commander that aren't in your list already. What? Yeah. Sounds like a fucking That's scrub fucking net decks. I gotta put to out my that. tutorial. I gotta put <laughs> yeah. out my Moxfield tutorial. You really do. Let's get that. <laughs> let's get that partnership first. <laughs> <laughs> so what's new with you guys? Uh, well, I've put together my secret Santa deck for Ooh. our our shit. Same cards showed up for that. We definitely talked about it before, but we do this like uh secret santa like deck thing uh every year and every year we're like oh here's the limit and i always tend to break that limit (laughs) (laughs) because i just want to buy shit and put it in the decks and so i usually do yeah i went way over i was telling mike before you jumped on today tony that when i was pulling the deck together it was giving me like all the different card options for each individual card because i use card kingdom this time and 
they were like foils that were like, oh, it's like only 10 cents more for the foil. I was like, yeah, I'll get the foil. Let's bring out this deck. And then, and then at a certain point, it's like, oh, it's only like $2 more for the foil. I was like, yeah, fucking bling it out, man. <laughs> like, oh, there's a secret layer version of this card. Let's bling it out. So when, <laughs> when you said you wanted to do blinged out decks for everyone in, in the group, really, this is the <laughs> this is Mike's blinged out deck. Please. He started it for him. Love it. But I didn't do it for everything. So it's just going to have like 10 foils randomly in it yeah. for, for weird ass cards. This is the exact same. My my cards also all showed up and I was worried they weren't going to show up in time because I ordered on TCG player and the date that it, it said they were going to show up is like three days after we've planned to play. Uh, so I, in a panic, also ordered all of these same cards on Card Kingdom because <laughs> they were like, yeah, this will definitely show up in time. And then the TCG player order showed up today, like two <laughs> weeks ahead of when yeah. they needed to be here. <laughs> nice. So now just two copies of the deck. Well, which is great because after goldfishing it for literally like 20 hours, I want my own copy of it anyway. So <laughs> I feel like I uh I have just done what I normally do and like ordered a shit ton of cards, like too many, and I will somehow turn it into something. But I also had the problem of like while I was buying cards. Like fucking TCG player gets me with those like other people <laughs> like this or want this. And like somehow there's always a fucking borderless card in there. And I'm like, yeah, I do want that. The next thing I knew, I bought like $150 with a random ass borderless cards. <laughs> oh like my borderless God. Lands and an imp seal. The imp oh, seal I'm man. happy about, but <laughs> how much was the imp seal? It was like $76. What? Uh, wow. I overpaid mine a lot. Oh, well then I'm proud. <laughs> Yay, yeah. Pretty me. bad. Pretty shameful. Feeling pretty I was bad. I just waiting here for the that. prices to go down. So, you know, I think I bought it at like the peak. It was pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am not a magic financial guy. I'm like every magic decision I've made is, is poorly financial. I'm still waiting for bubbling muck to fucking spike. I have like 200 bubbling mucks I'm sitting on. <laughs> Somebody out there make a sweet CDH deck with bubbling muck and just make it go crazy for me. What I got bubbling you. muck. That's the sacrifice your swamps one, right? No, no, that's uh, that's Lake of the Dead. That is an expensive card. Bubbling Muck is high tide, but for black mana. Well, for swamps. oh, is it just one for one? Yeah, yeah. It's literally just high tide. It, yeah, it's literally high tide for swamps. It's great. I'm gonna fucking order one right now. Well, Sam's got two hundred. <laughs> can just give you can one. Give you one. <laughs> They're about to spike though, so you might have to cover the differential. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh, wait, before, before we get into it, I, I do also want to just tell you about this really sad dinner I ate. <laughs> wait, just, hang like, on. How much did you buy bubbling muck for? Um, I don't know, like a buck 30. How much is it? Oh, it's like a buck 50. Fuck yeah. <laughs> hey, first, $2 for profit. heavily played ones. It's oh, like a minor near mint, dude. You yeah. know, I'm only hanging on to that high quality paper. Yeah, I mean, market value says it's like somewhere around like 260. Fuck yeah, dude. So you've made a little bit of money. Yeah, my future children will go to college off my bubbling muck. <laughs> oh, it's a fucking sorcery. He didn't say it was sorcery. Oh, right. Yeah, it's a not sorcery. Quite, it's not, not high tide. Not quite it's not high quite tide. high tide. It's a little what the worse. fuck is this trash card? Black doesn't it. do things at instant speed anyway. It's fine. Exactly. Only using it on your turn. Anyway, talk to us about your food, Sam. <laughs> yes, yes, my food. So yeah. I didn't have like any time. I finished working at like 5.45 and we were going to record at 6. So I was like, I don't have any time to make real food. 
So I, you know, every once in a while you got to fall back on your like college bachelor days and you just have like a hot dog abomination. So I, <laughs> so I had a hot dog on a waffle with like cheese. <laughs> <laughs> like a Lego like waffle. Like, yeah. Like it, like it wasn't, oh no. it actually wasn't even an Eggo. It was like some off-brand Eggo. <laughs> oh, that's trash. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. It was great. Uh, whenever I do that, I just love to take a picture of it. It's like so funny. You got to send it to MTG hot dog. Oh, I really should. I really <laughs> should. It'd be like, is this what you mean? Is this what you want from me? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah. That's going on the Twitter. <laughs> love that. Love that. Which still exists. Twitter still exists. For now. For now. We'll see. It's going to exist for a while. It's just no new functionality or like capabilities and like everything's going to go to shit as all the employees are now gone. Yeah, we'll see, man. As soon as Moxfield Twitter opens, dude, Twitter as a whole is going to die because it's completely just propped up by the magic community. You can tell (laughs) at this point. (laughs) Yeah, it's over. We're all going to the Moxfield. It's going to be amazing, dude. It'll have card linking. That'll be game changing. <laughs> that will be fucking crazy, dude. You can pull your EDH rec cards that you didn't mention in, in your tweet. You can just pull yeah. them right in. Someone tweets, what cards should I put in this commander? And you can just hit an EDH rec button for him. <laughs> All right, let's get into it, boys, shall we? Yes. What is salt? You fucking know what it is. Yeah. <laughs> you fucking no. You, you fucking no. <laughs> All right. Our first post comes to us from the EDH subreddit. And it comes to us from Sugi Time. Hey, returning. I remember that one. Yeah. Re- <laughs> returning Reddit user Sugi Time, who we actually met at Magic 30. What's up, dude? What's going on? How you been? How you doing? I met him at Magic 30. You guys weren't there. Okay. I was just like, I met them. He was upstairs in building B. Yeah, he had the he had the sign with him. He did. He had the big sign. Oh, yeah, right. right, right, right. Winning. So anyway, biggest intro to a post ever. Yeah, right. <laughs> if you see Sugi time on Reddit, give him a fucking upvote, yo. Do it. Um, the post title is called "Is it possible to pub stomp with an unaltered precon?" Ooh. I'll admit we've been sitting on this one for a while because yeah. it's a fucking long post. And I'll <laughs> and I'll read it and edit out some of it. You should just speed up the audio of you reading it back. <laughs> oh my just god. Two times it. <laughs> that would be chipmunk mode. Oh man, that'd be funny. Maybe I will. And the post goes. A few months back, I started tracking my games in a spreadsheet. It's been really fun to see the win rates of my decks as well as go back and read the notes from my old games. I also track the quality of the rule zero conversations I have and my opponent's commanders. So I get some really fun stats from different games, which is great. Yo, track your games. We support that shit. You know we do. Hell yeah. During this process, I actually noticed that over about 40 games, I was at a 60% win rate. I made a comment about them in a Discord I'm in and was immediately called a pub stomper <laughs> and being told I was bringing overpowered decks to the tables. He notes that nobody he actually played with made those comments, just random people in the Discord. Sure, occasionally the rule zero conversations will not go over super well, or there were unintentional power mismatches, but I don't actively try to hide my deck's power level. I actually have these cards I made for my decks that I show everyone at the table before the game. Uh, Go to the post because there's cool pictures 
of this like card that basically explains what your deck does. Um, I've seen a bunch of people make these. It's yeah, rule, like, like rule zero cards. Yeah, rule zero cards. It's super, super cool. Mm-hmm. So after this happened, I got pretty self-conscious about my decks and all that. Everyone hates Pub Stompers, and I was genuinely concerned about accidentally doing anything like that. So I came up with a plan. I would play nothing but a pre-con commander deck for a month and see if my win percentage fell to around 25%, which is commonly touted as the correct win rate. Here's what I found. So I'm just going to zip through some of these things. There's a bunch of notes here. It was a prosper pre-con. All games were untrusted games, i.e. playing games with random people on spell table, discord, or at an LGS. Played 29 games in total and won 21 of the games. So 72% win rate. My pre-game discussion was as follows. Hey guys, I'm playing a pre-con. It's prosper still. So I don't think it's any slouch. Feel free to play whatever deck you want. As long as you're all on an even power level, I don't mind being the weaker deck here. I played in every type of game from CDH, two games of which they won, to all pre-cons. Most of their losses were in the all pre-con games. Outside of full pre-con games, the only other times I lost was when there was a significant power difference between the other players. I absolutely used politics to my benefit and made strategic decisions with my cards. Phrases like, Okay, I'll make you a deal. If you don't attack me, I'll continue to be an unaltered pre-con, ha ha ha, which usually resulted in a chuckle and the attacker spell being redirected at someone else. I intentionally avoided ever playing a Tali. I would either pitch him or hold him in hand, but never play him. I took Sam Black's advice of minimizing your threat profile to heart. I focused primarily on never being the biggest threat at the table, even if it meant holding lands in my hand and missing a land drop, especially if they had a turn one soul ring not playing certain cards like Atali, like they mentioned, intentionally making bad plays and then calling them out as bad and saying, like, I don't understand the board state correctly, doing my best to assemble a board without drawing attention to it and avoid discussing their history or experience with magic or bring up being a pre-con or lower power deck periodically. Oftentimes around turns, I know will be big and swingy for other players. Things like, wow, I really enjoy this pre-con a ton. I built a ton of EDH decks, but this one's just so fun. It doesn't do splashy things, blah, blah, blah. Basically talking about the pre-con. No one was ever salty at all about losing to a pre-con. Of 29 games, not a single person ever said they were upset to lose to it. To this point, games were incredibly fun a vast majority of the time. I often played multiple games with the same table, which is not common for me. I typically only have time for one or two games per session. So after dropping as much information as I could to provide, I guess my question really shifts a bit to something more like, is win percentage an absolute deterministic metric of whether one has pub stomped? Hmm. If you're still well, with us, <laughs> that was a long yeah. one. <laughs> there's, there's obviously so much to get into there. Um, I'm going to yeah. just start off by saying, responding to that last question of is win percentage always the metric that indicates pub stomping? And the answer is no. Like, I think that there is a a specific attitude and like kind of play behavior that really ends up resulting in what people perceive as pub stomping. If you're just showing up and you just happen to eke out these wins over and over and over, or, you know, you're slightly at an advantage. And so your win rate is just like way higher than you would expect it to be. It's really different than like intentionally bringing a deck that you know is higher power and trying to stomp based on that. Like the 
the goal that Suki Time seems to have here is still to have fun. You know, they're playing to win, which is mm-hmm. like a completely reasonable way to play, but they're not picking their deck, showing up, choosing the pod. They're not making all these decisions based on the goal of winning. They're making those decisions based on having a good time and then winning just happens to happen. So to that final question, no, I don't think that there is this definitive metric that's going to tell you you're pub stomping. Yeah, I agree. I don't think pub stomping is tied to win rate. Um, Frankly, I think a lot of pub stompers lose because people realize that they're playing a super overpowered deck and they fucking dogpile them and knock them out of the pot as quickly as possible. Yeah. And how many times have we read a post where that kind of happens, you know? Mm -hmm. There's a few interesting things happening in this post. So there's kind of this question of like, Sugi Time has this win rate of 60%. They're like, okay, can I continue to have this win rate by playing a pre-con? That's kind of the real question, right? Can I mm-hmm. maintain this really high win rate with a pre-con? And I think, I think there's something to talk about in how they're doing it. It's almost like they're cosplaying as a newer player by running this pre-con, right? And you know, I don't think it's malicious or anything, but there's elements in here of specifically making bad plays to look more unassuming, I think goes above and beyond what your average player would do to try to get a win or, mm-hmm. or look unassuming, you know? And it's really taking that stuff to like its utmost limit. Like I'm going to not play my most powerful cards because I don't want attention on me. I'm going to miss land drops so people think I'm behind. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say some stuff about the board state that maybe implies I don't really understand what's going on and that I'm kind of new. I'm not going to talk about my player experience. You know, I think that if you combine all those things, you're really trying to eke out a win by being the most unassuming player at the table and taking that to like its furthest extent. And a key part of that is playing a pre-con and what comes along with somebody sitting down and playing a pre-con, even if they weren't doing all this extra stuff, you do kind of assume someone playing a pre-con is going to be worse at the table and maybe not focus them down. You know, I think part of that is because like pre-cons have a pretty wide range now that recently has gotten like much more powerful. Cause yeah. like older pre-con, like you hear, Oh, you're playing a pre-con. It's like, Oh, I guess I got to pull out some trash so that like these people <laughs> can like fucking hang. But like a lot of the newer pre-cons are just, they fucking slap that prosper deck slaps. Like you don't need to yeah. do much to it to have it be good. It just is good already. You used to have to take out like fucking 20 cards to have them do anything. (laughs) Yeah, this came up when we were on that Lua episode where she was saying like she feels like a pre-con is zero. And I kind of jokingly said, I think a lot of my decks are weaker than a pre-con, but but I actually stand by that in some ways. Like it is really easy to build a deck that is below a pre-con level. Like Oh, yeah. If you slap 100 cards together randomly, it's going to be below a pre-con level. They are pretty tuned, cohesive decks. So I don't think that pre-con is this like starter deck mentality that people like used to apply and was more relevant in some of those earlier decks that were printed. Yeah, I think the reality of a pre-con is that it's not this weak deck that needs to be overlooked. But I think the perception of it is that it is. Mm -hmm. You know, if I'm sitting down in a pod with four people and one person is like, I only have a pre-con. I'm not going to focus them. And add on top of that, if they are missing land drops, seem like they don't have a lot of magic experience, or at least you're maybe making some misplays and some 
some less optimized decision-making, I'm going to overlook them. And, you know, we talk about it a lot when you are in a pod, being the weakest player has a benefit. Often you aren't in control of that (laughs) (laughs) and you're just sucking and maybe things break good for you at some point and you come back and get the win. But it's very interesting to choose to be in control of that and be like, hey, I'm going to look as unassuming as possible to my opponents and see how I make it through this game. I also think that Sugi time relied on a lot of really interesting political moves just by pointing to the fact that they have a pre-con and being like, hey, if you don't target me, I'll just continue playing this regular pre-con, kind of reminding people like, hey, I'm just pre-con level, baby. Don't look at me. Look at that other guy. Yeah, I find myself more and more needing to ask like, what pre-con is it that you're running? Not just like, because I totally just mind blank and I'm like, oh yeah, whatever, fucking pre-con. Like, I'll fucking crush them later. Yeah, I also think that this starts to point out one of the other really interesting facts about this experiment that most of these games are happening with uh, first time people that you're playing with, you know, you're you're not playing this with an established totally. And there's a super standard, like self-regulating effect that happens when you're playing with the same pot of four people, where even if you're bringing the slightly stronger deck, if you've been winning a lot, you might just get ganged up on like people kind of note whether or not someone is winning a ton and and that might just kind of get built into the the group mentality whereas in these untested groups a one percent improvement in like your ability to win over and over again you might end up translating into like these really high win rates that you're seeing over multiple of these games no i completely agree i think i think this experiment completely falls apart if you're playing in a dedicated pod because after two or three games people are going to be like yeah dude you're fucking sandbagging over there you do the same shit you did last game and i'm just going to lean into you because i know you're going to get the win at the end yeah like all you probably that should have played that away. land you have because i'm <laughs> just I'm coming for you. you. <laughs> you're gonna need it <laughs> but there is this thing of like playing into a blind pod where no one has that perception of you being able to do something like this i will say this isn't pub stomping but there's an element that feels a little similar to coming into a pod and like, there, like there's this element that happens with pub stomping where the pub stomping player is generally speaking, coming into a pod and misrepresenting the power level of their deck, but also the power level of them as a player. And this is kind of like that, where you're coming into a pod and sort of misrepresenting your experience with the game and trying to downplay the power of your deck during the game, you know? So th- there's similar elements there. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's pub stomping, but it, it feels a little like pool sharking, you know, you're like, what's this game pool? I've never played pool. I'll bet you $50 that I can beat you in this game of pool. And then you just fucking crush a random person <laughs> yeah. playing pool. And you're like, sweet. And it doesn't matter that you're using the shitty cue while you're trying to do that. Like exactly. it doesn't, it doesn't change the fact that you're as a pilot, pretty good at whatever you're doing. Yeah. It's like a perception thing. And it's why I hope that Suki time is able to kind of move past this as an experiment. Like you've, you've kind of, you've done your experiment. You've, You've learned some things from it. You kind of proven it, but you're missing a little bit of that, that reason that you're sitting down to play, which if it's in person or things like that, it's often to kind of try and, you know, maybe make some friends, meet some people, have a enjoyable time, like Mm -hmm. have these positive social interactions. And you, you kind of have to dodge some of that or avoid some of it or sacrifice a bit of that in order to, to like 
misconstrue your experience level. You can't yeah. have those kind of classic fun conversations of, oh, when did you start playing? Oh, I hated that block. You know, there's like all this <laughs> stuff that I feel like magic players talk about all the time that you have to avoid in a situation like this. I don't know why the fuck you play magic, Mike, but like I'm playing a fucking win. I don't need any of this fucking friend bullshit that you're talking about over there. Hey, if we check our stats, it's true because Tony is the winningest of all of us. Yikes. <laughs> I guess that's why Mike's the losingest. Yikes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think it should be mentioned that Sugi Time caught a fair amount of heat on this one on the Reddit post. A lot of people were like, oh, you were like lying to those people. You're kind of misconstruing it. It's like, yes and no. Like, I don't think this was really malicious. I do think Sugi Time is just conducting an experiment. However, I think the question of the experiment is different. You know, if we're going to really talk about like, what's the hypothesis here? The hypothesis is, what is the highest consistent win rate you can get? Piloting a pre-con, period. And then it's like, what's your method? I'm going to do everything I can to be as unassuming as possible, leaning into the fact that I'm playing a pre-con, showing everybody that, hey, this is, this is a pre-con, this is pre-con level and falling into every perception that comes with that and then maximizing your win-con. I don't really think you're proving that you can't pub stomp with a pre-con, which I, I don't think you can do anyways, but it's, it's like this different question, you know? I think your hypothesis is not testable and you can't develop a, a, a null hypothesis there, Sam, so... You might I'm an environmental into, engineer. Your peer review might <laughs> run into some issues, but <laughs> are you fucking math nerds? I'm a dirty engineer, dude. <laughs> Don't tell me about null hypothesis. <laughs> These hypotheses? I think it's hypothesi, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay, kids. What do we think the salt rating is here? It's high now. I'm mad. <laughs> <laughs> My take is that it seems like this is generating a lot of salt in other people that this guy looked into this. Um, honestly, it sounds like people had enjoyable games. They managed to play a couple games in a row a few times. So I don't think I don't think this is an extremely high salt situation. And, and hopefully it mellows out some of the, the salt people were feeling by just accusing, you know, a high win rate of equating to pub stomping. Yeah, I don't think this is really a high salt situation. I think the reaction that this got on Reddit really had to do with the messaging of it. And I think if you were asking a different question and saying like, Hey, I tried to be as unassuming as possible at a table. And this is how I maximized my win rate. That seems more in line with this. Whereas people really jumping on these things about being like purposefully unassuming and stuff like that. Spicy. Interesting. Well, what else do we got? We got more. We definitely got more. I'll tell you that. I'll tell you well, that fucking for free. Give it to me then. This next one comes to us from the EDH subreddit. <laughs> what a fucking surprise. <laughs> and the username of this person is totally not an alt 333. 332 were taken. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the post is titled, How do I deal with a problem player? And the post goes, Hey, everyone, I need some help. I've arranged a casual budget deck building challenge for the Christmas season where someone randomly gets another deck someone else built and keeps it. Yo, we were just talking about our Christmas inspiring. I had a player submit a deck list. All deck lists were to be public so people can see what they might get to play with. And he had some land destruction spells in there. I and another player agreed this wouldn't be suitable for the type of event we were trying to run 
And he proceeds to start whining about this. After this, he spams the channel and I ask him to stop, which irks him. And he proceeds to personally attack me. I ended up banning him from the event and he continues on for 20 minutes. I already actively avoid playing with him, but I was willing to bite the bullet for the event. My main question is, what do I do? I have friends who go to this LGS. It would be harder to ask them to come to a different one with me. So I'm hesitant to just leave. I suppose I'm concerned he'll attempt to keep starting drama every time he sees me at the shop. In which case, what then? There is an edit here. Edit to people asking. It was three or four pieces of mass land destruction in a casual budget builder event. If it was a single land destruction, I'd have been perfectly fine with it. But it wasn't. Me and others agreed that this wasn't the place for MLD, so it wasn't just my opinion either before I banned it from the event. To the main question here that that uh, this poster is asking, did you read this poster's name? Totally not an alt. Oh. Or did you think oh. it was totally not anal tea? <laughs> <laughs> Mike, it's totally not, totally not anal tea. <laughs> All right. Well, agree to disagree. I think that this is one of those instances where I think you kind of just need to risk it in terms of going to the LGS. So far, all of this vitriol has just been online and people do yeah. behave differently in a Discord chat than they do in person. Maybe there's a history here, but I think you just give it a go of going to the LGS. If you find that in person, this player is being as miserable at that point, you could actually probably talk to the LGS store owner saying, Hey, look, this person is saying these things to me. It was making me unable to play at the store. You know, there's a point where you can kind of try to escalate this to people that, that may be able to have a third party discussion with him. Yeah. But it's definitely unfortunate to have something that's just this positive deck building experience spiral like this. I was just going to say, when you go out of your way to organize something like this for a group of people, I would probably have done it too. Like if I was organizing this event and like are taking time out of my own personal life and schedule to do so, like it's a pain in the ass to organize shit like this sometimes. And so like, I think they're well within their rights to be like, sorry, we're just not. I'm just not going to deal with this. You're just no longer a part of this. Like it just, it's like the easier way. But also a random deck building challenge like this is totally the place where someone might experiment with putting some spicy stuff into a deck. You know, if you're not playing the MLD, like you're giving it to someone else that there's this component of like, oh, maybe this is a a testing ground where we can try some stuff that isn't typically okay. Or like is Mm -hmm. normally has this kind of taboo against it. And it might behoove, uh this reddit you know op here to read the name mike it might behoove totally not anal tea to uh, <laughs> set up the rules for something like this in advance because i could imagine that being one of the really frustrating parts about it if i built a list and then someone was like oh actually you can't put that piece into the deck that would really frustrate me it is very hard to set rules for events like this and not have people cheese the rules as much as possible. <laughs> yeah. Like if you say we have a deck building challenge, it's going to be $50 decks and you can't have MLD. Cool. You didn't say I couldn't run all the stacks pieces. I'm going to build a crazy kooky hate bears deck and be really annoying. And then they're like, Oh no stacks pieces. It's like, okay, we'll define a stacks piece. What does it do? As you try to define those things, it becomes this rabbit hole of like, with any set of rules, there's always going to be this ceiling and someone will build to that ceiling. And you kind of have to accept that they're going to. 
I think it's a losing battle to try to make rules on that kind of stuff. Um, I mentioned it in a previous episode, but I used to run this EDH league and we tried to put rules in place to prevent stuff like that. And it's really, really hard. We actually had that, that stacks thing come up. They're like, well, you can't have stacks pieces. And I was like, what's a stacks piece? Define a stacks piece is, are we going to come up with a list of specific cards? Because I guarantee you, I'll find something outside of that list. That's going to be annoying. <laughs> Not that I was building a deck. So you're that trying way. to be the annoying player, Sam? Is that what I'm hearing? I'm banning <laughs> you from our like, secret Santa, Sam. Can I be the dick that ruins this for everyone? <laughs> no. Not that I was trying to do that. Man, what a jerk. But I Everybody wanted to hate at Sam. Everybody at Sam right now. <laughs> no, don't. But whenever there's a rule, I want to poke a hole in it, you know? Like I used to do board game playtesting and uh miniature game play testing for cool mini or not uh, for a bunch of the games that they used to do. And the thing that I did for our play test group was read the rules and find the broken shit, like poke holes in it. If you set a rule, you could do this. I'm like, well, you could technically do this and get away with it. And like people like that are all over the place and they're going to try to build to that extent. You know, you just got to go back to the LGS, like don't make this one, unfortunate event just totally change your pattern and my real advice would be if you see this person at the lgs apologize to them go out of your way and be like hey dude that was a super cool deck build i'm sorry but it just didn't really fit the vibe but i do think it was a really spicy build whatever like it doesn't have to be genuine it's just fucking saying <laughs> <laughs> so sam's actively saying fucking lie to people yeah lie <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I do not approve of this i do not approve of this my name is tony garen i approve this message <laughs> tony said it. i'm gonna have to bleep your last name tony well what's the salt rating boys how do we think people felt about this one i love that you both just weld at the same time that was a big thing for me <laughs> <laughs> yeah my salt rating for this one is this is a packet of salt this is a couple small packets of salt, but not because the salt is small. These are the packets of salt that come in your takeout and you didn't ask for them, but they're in there anyways. You keep ordering from the same takeout place and they keep giving you packets of salt and you don't want it. This is the salt that you don't want, but you always are going to get with this type of event. Where, where are you getting takeout that they're giving you packets of salt that you don't want? Usually it's chopsticks or plastic utensils, but <laughs> that's what I fucking thought, bitch. <laughs> soy sauce. Soy sauce is salty, dude. When do you not want soy sauce though? I got high quality. We had an episode about this. I have high quality aged soy sauce. Well, whatever. For the rest of us scrubs that don't have that, like we fucking want the, the soy sauce. That Just drink us. salty gutter water. You, you <laughs> street rat. <laughs> <laughs> so so unhinged today <laughs> well, how about you slap me with that next one is oh, there another one <laughs> yeah i do have another <laughs> and i will slap you with it this next one comes from the edh subreddit it comes from user sarsaparilla nice user sarsaparilla give him an up for sarsaparilla or sarsaparilla Sasparilla. I don't really understand the question you asked. You just said the same word twice. No, I said sarsaparilla or sarsaparilla. So are those different things? I don't know. That's why I'm asking. I've only heard of sarsaparilla. I think it's sarsaparilla. Don't Rilla. you also say milk? 
Isn't it Rella? No, that's fucking like say milk, Tony. New Hampshire people. Tony, 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 what do you drink out of? What do you drink out of if you're thirsty and you're in like an airport or something? A glass? A cup? I say water, you fuckers. Like, yeah, what else that's you what we're trying to get <laughs> Exactly. I right, know something, on. some sort of liquid you said weird. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the post title is, we should call spite plays what they are. And the post goes. So this has been sparked by conversations in my playgroup and other ones that my friends are in. In each of our playgroups, we have a player who has played something along these lines, always attacks the player who attacks him or her, even when somebody is probably scarier always follows through on threats and then proceeds to try and extort people with said threats, even when following through said threats would probably put the threatener in a much worse position. We'll retaliate in a game for actions that occurred in a different game justifies any of the above as just being just the way they play. This is, I have come to believe quite simply a form of trolling. Trolling consists of not really playing the game to win, but to make the game more miserable for others who do try to play to win. Don't enable the trolls unless you think it is fun. Call them out for what they are. And if you can, try to find a better player to play with. Looking back, I realized that I probably am very guilty of some of these and will try to do better to avoid this myself. So the continuation of this post is we should call spike plays what they are, trolling. Your thoughts, gentlemen. To me, a spite play has a root earlier in the game like generally a valid spite play is one where you got burned by someone earlier and you're you're paying them back that's that's a spite play to me and i wouldn't call that trolling a random piece of mean play that doesn't seem to be backed up by like any solid reasoning that is just trolling. That's mm-hmm. that's not a spite play. So I do think there's a innate distinction between the two, and maybe people call one the other and the other the other one. Uh, but I do think there's a difference between those two things. From that perspective, I feel like trolling causes me to then do spite plays because <laughs> I'm like, you fucking trolling me, like fuck you, <laughs> and then I'm gonna let you have it for what you did, unless it was genuinely funny. And then I'll probably also troll and then the, the spiral, the snowball starts rolling. (laughs) Yeah. I think there's a randomness and a maliciousness that comes along with trolling. When I think about it now, out of the three examples that they provided, one does kind of stick out to me, which is retaliating in game for actions that occurred in a different game. Yeah. I think that is is definitely borderline trolling. I think that's bullshit. Like yeah. my plays shouldn't extend from one game to another. Yeah. Um, Cause at that point you are just apropos of nothing going out of your way to be a dickhead to one person because you think it's funny or you think it's very justified. One of my biggest salty baby moments in our spreadsheet is when Tony carried something from a previous game, like literally said <laughs> out loud, I'm doing this because of last game. And I'm pretty sure that I was a salty little crier for the rest of that game. <laughs> it so probably happened that same night, people. It was fine. It was <laughs> that, kosher. We just said that's it not was legal. <laughs> Y'all said it wasn't fine. Yeah, yeah this is this post about <laughs> well, you. I posted there, this. I'm sarsaparilla. <laughs> <laughs> there, there is also a difference. Like, 
you might just learn something about a deck and so be prepared to like react differently if they do something like you can carry game knowledge from a previous game into a new one and like disrupt their combo because of something or like kill their commander early because you've learned that it's a threat if it gets out early in the game like those aren't necessarily spite plays or trolling like that's valid you can learn from your last games and that people definitely get that confused too yeah i think the definition of spite play is a weird one because retaliating is technically a spite play or you know dealing damage back to someone who dealt damage to you is technically a spite play but also like if tony hit me with a one one and i blew up his soul ring for no fucking reason that's also a spite play but also a little bit more on the troll side you know <laughs> nah that's fair that's fair that is spite plays in general are fine <laughs> And just a normal part of the game. So it's hard to like fully demonize them as like a category of game moves because to some extent, this game is reactionary, right? Like if you come at my board, it behooves me to come back at your board and show you that you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't come at me like that. Um, That's the second show of behoovel today. Really? We're really, we're <laughs> slaying. No, no, no. I think I said it once. Nice. <laughs> now Tony just has to say it. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking word of the day, kids. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's interesting because I, I don't know. I feel like I keep almost flip flopping in my. Maybe it is like more confusing than I thought it was. With like the definition of these two words, because at the same time, it's like trolling. Always in my head is always like kind of fun. Like it's usually innocent. It's not like malicious intent. But I, I, I don't know. I don't. I guess I don't know how to define it. Almost. I think in trolling, you're taking pleasure from someone else's misery. Yeah. Uh, which is not very fun. In a spite play, you're taking pleasure from evening the playing field, you know, mm. from settling a score. That's a good definition. When you troll us, you know, troll. Like that's all I- <laughs> <laughs> well, I think there's another sort of thin line on the other side of it, which is if everybody in the pod is on that vibe and being kind of goofy, like that's totally fine. Like we've we've played games where people are just doing ridiculous shit and doing ridiculous, silly spite plays that make no sense. <laughs> and we're all just cracking up and having a good time. Usually our last game of the night after like an in-day 10-hour yeah. EDH game. <laughs> yeah, I do love when that happens. Yeah, it's the best. Some of my favorite moments are, I've mentioned these before, but when we're at, when one of us is actively like, this isn't the right move, but I'm doing it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whatever usually it may be. Usually. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, it's usually you and me. Like, yeah, that's I true. think you and I are the two that do that the most. For sure. <laughs> it is true. It's funny in a, in a in a specific game, the two spite playist players will either be Tony and Sam or Tony and Nick. Oh my god! <laughs> it's usually never Mike, and it's usually always. Tony is involved. <laughs> well, I guess I'm more of the person that like won't let something die. Like if you start something, I'm yeah. gonna fucking finish it. I'm exactly. gonna keep going. There is yep. no, there's no backing down. You know, <laughs> I didn't come to back down. So, <laughs> oh man. Well, what do we think about the salt rating here? Anything spicy on this one? I mean, this is a full shaker of salt. This person's pissed off. You know. Like we talked about some examples of spite play and like what we'd consider trolling behavior. But if somebody is truly constantly doing this, that shit gets old, man. And if, if you're like, Hey, why are you doing this? Like, why are you making these moves? And they're just like, it's just the way I play to me. That speaks of somebody who isn't really taking 
the group experience into account and isn't listening to that conversation. Like I, I do think it takes a lot to have those conversations with people in your play group and like those more serious, like, Hey, what's wrong with you, man, what's going on. <laughs> and to have somebody who's just not receptive to that, that is super salty for me. I mean, they even go to the point and say like, Hey, you shouldn't play with these people. Yeah. I mean, which to me implies that they don't really want to play with the person who's doing this in their group. Yeah. So the examples they provide, it's like a glimpse, but it sounds like there's more going on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you think, Mike? I agree. I, I think uh, this is definitely one of those ones where it's short enough that we could be missing context on either side. Um, yeah. I think OP is probably just facing someone that is, like I said earlier, kind of taking too much fun by making other people not have fun. It doesn't have to be like a net zero game like that. There's space to make moves that aren't just purely to make someone else miserable. I feel like the salt in these scenarios are like birdie bots, every flavored beans. You never know what you're going to get. You pull out one, you think it's salted caramel, then it's fucking earwax. Like (laughs) shit happens. Could be good, could be unpleasant, could leave a long taste in your mouth, could leave, you know, a light, pleasant taste. But I like some trolls and I like (laughs) some spite. (laughs) Tony says as he looks into the mirror next to him. (laughs) I will say, um, I did message with this user. And when they say always, they mean always. They were like very emphatic about that. This is always this person's behavior. Yeah. I'm always doing this. Mm. And I think that is like, you can't constantly be a dickhead. Yeah. Even I take a break. <laughs> See, yeah. If, if, if all you're being is a dick the whole time, then that's not, that's not yeah, funny. Yeah, for sure. You got you to gotta sprinkle that in. Exactly. Yeah. We'll sprinkle here and there. Or at least be handsome. So they're... <laughs> That's what I do. <laughs> I was going to say, if only that worked for you, but you know. Oh, shit. I'll edit this out. I'm cutting. <laughs> well. Is it that time? Yeah, I think it's that time of the week. But what time? Well, it's the time of the week. Well, salty we... card of the week this week is. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I got it in too quickly. I gotta sing. Couldn't even interrupt. Fuck. Got him. Man been learning i'll give you your win this week nice hell yeah lay lay it on us mike now i don't trust (laughs) i don't trust this at all (laughs) the salty card of the week this week is dranith magistrate so dranith magistrate it is a human wizard for one and a white it's a wizard yeah i that never dawned on me yeah, now you know. <laughs> can fit in your agar no, I can't. <laughs> list. <laughs> uh, I just figured it would go in Alesha. Mm. It is an Alesha. Oh, fuck Alesha. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, the text on this guy is your opponents can't cast spells from anywhere other than your their hands. And it is a 1-3. Mm. So, Tony, does this card make you salty? Um, Yeah. Yeah, it does. Even though it's a little fucking, it's a one, two, right? Like, it's a one, three. One, one three. three. Oh, it's a, it got a big old butt. Don't worry. Mike only just read the stats. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> Do you want to know the creature type line too? Is uh, that, it's Dranith Magistrate we're talking about. Yeah, we're talking about, it's one in a white. 
<laughs> I thought it was one in a black. Uh, um, yeah. So I every time I play Dreneth Magistrate myself, I feel really good, which is kind of like a sign <laughs> of, <laughs> of how much I dislike it when it's played against me. I definitely like it comes down, and I definitely usually feel pretty salty. I because again, it, it's one of those like. As we know, Tony doesn't run a ton of removal to begin with. Uh, and so, like, using a piece on that is annoying if I even have it in my fucking hand. And every deck I ever build is a linchpin commander. So, like, I need my commander <laughs> in order to do anything. Uh, and so the thought of the card makes me quite upset. Now, normally, I only, I personally tend to just see it in CVH. Like, I don't think anybody's got it running that rampant. And now that I say this, everybody's going to fucking throw it into their goddamn decks. We just yeah. talked about it. Just no, I know it's in there, but like, it's not normally good enough that that's what Sam's going to go tutor with it, right? Like, he's never tutored a Draneth, maybe like once in like a random scenario. But like, in general, I feel like I don't see it that much in casual, so I don't feel too bad about it. And I'm usually the one playing it in CVH, so that's fine. <laughs> but <laughs> it does make me cringe a little bit and by a little bit i mean a lot of bit when it's used against me but i feel pretty good when i play <laughs> all right sam does this make you salty uh not at all really i love draneth magistrate i think it's a fantastic card i love it as a stacks piece it's super powerful um i run it we already mentioned i run it in my alesha human deck and i have it in a bunch of cdh stacks decks as well i think it's an interesting card because not only does it shut down your commander you know it shuts down things like underworld breach where you're casting cards from your graveyard it shuts down things where you're casting cards from exile they might have exiled off the top of your deck so it's like a with very, an uba mask totally yeah i mean there are some full locks with it with like knowledge pool and uba mask and it's asymmetrical too and it's very powerful uh for two mana um when it comes down against me, you know, I do have some linchpin commanders and usually they're in casual. So it's not like too bad. Cause again, we don't really see it often in casual, but it's one of those cards where when it comes down, kind of like every stacks piece, you have to ask yourself, is this slowing me down more than my opponents or is it the other way? Cause if it comes down, it's locking me out of running my commander, but it's also stopping Tony. And I know Tony's on like a linchpin commander deck. I'm, I may be more reluctant to remove it, you know? So I think it's, it's got a lot of nuance to it. Um, it's just powerful. It's great. Love it. Totally. I think this card has way more nuance, like you were saying, than people initially give it credit for. Uh, there's a lot of cases where you play this when no one else has their commander out and it's immediately just a lightning rod for removal. Uh, yep. It's going to get bolted. You've got three players that want it gone. Uh, then there's those cases. And these are really the cases where it makes me salty where everyone else has got their commander out and someone plays Draneth and I'm the only one that hasn't played my commander yet. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like, oh, okay, this is just going to screw me over the whole game and I have to deal with it. No one else is going to deal with it. Uh, and in those moments, those can really get me because then then it feels like it's it's kind of a targeted stacks piece. Yeah. Uh, but But generally, I think there is more of a table political kind of dynamic going on where um, more than one person is interested in removing it. And uh, it just draws enough hate that it doesn't stick on the board for too, too long. 
Where uh, where does it sit on the list, Mike? It is currently at the 30th slot. Oh, damn. That feels, that feels I right. I should have guessed. I was going to say 32. Oh, we would have gotten close. Yeah, that feels right. Uh, but it has severely increased its saltiness from yeah. uh, last last year's where it was 66th. Oh, damn. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, I think that's fair. I think more people are feeling, I think it's becoming more common. And I, I, say, think, I think that's more people playing it. Yeah, definitely. Cause it's so powerful. Like mm-hmm. in Alesha, if it dies, I can just bring it back. Like it's, it's a fantastic lock. Like it's two mana remove everyone's commander in a way, right? It's yeah, like, totally. they can't play if it, if it's not already out, like three players get hit with this. And it like nukes other stuff too, but like the mm-hmm. commander, right? Like for exactly. two mana, everyone's shit. Like it's value, man. It's yeah. definitely strong. I do have to, uh, I, I would be remiss to not mention that the design of this card is really hilarious because it was released in Akoria, which had companions. Oh, and yeah. Dranith Magistrate, the whole point of it in standard was to stop companions because if you cast your mm-hmm. companion from the companion zone, it's like, potentially super powerful, you know, it, well, clearly we saw is super powerful, has all of these busted builds that they had to nerf. And the really funny part about it is that it doesn't even hit companions anymore because the companion yeah. rule was changed where <laughs> you have to put it into your fucking hand. So it doesn't even <laughs> stop you from casting your companion, which it was designed to stop. Yeah. And it's like literally just fucks over commander players and like, you know, graveyard synergies and the other shit that we mentioned. But most importantly, it's the commander stopper, like a hundred percent. And it's so easy to drop it on turn one or turn two in like a CDH format. Like it can just crank out turn one Dranith in like an early seating and rotation, man, that's some power on the board right there. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. I do love it. All right. Well, that, uh, that completes our salty card of the week. Well, thanks Mike. That was lovely. Even though we didn't sing. Oh, I, yeah. I was going to sing far way through the middle, but I fucking forgot. I was going to have a bit where I just interrupted way later. <laughs> the look on your face as he was starting to read it. I, I was like, he's going to do it. Like, he's going to hop in, but you never did. But but I was trapped. I was in. I was enchanted by the Dranith conversation. <laughs> Riveting. Well, thanks, Mike. And thank you, listeners, for tuning in to another episode of The Howling Salt Mine. Follow us on our social media. Come check us out on our Instagram at the Howling Salt Mine, our Twitter at Howling Salt Mine, and email us your salty stories at our Gmail, which is thehowlingsaltmine at gmail.com. As always, we ask you to keep those stories short, sweet, and to the salt. Something that really helps the podcast as well is giving us a five-star rating on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, give us a review. If you love the show, let people know. Hell yeah. You like that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Big shout out to JD Burnett, the amazing tattoo artist who did the art for our podcast. If you're in Asheville, North Carolina, hit him up and get some tattoos done, dude. Do it. Well, stay salty and don't forget to draw an additional card during your draw step. It's the howling
Well, welcome back, everybody. Well, welcome back, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, hello, all you little prospectors out there. <laughs> welcome back that? to another week of the Howling place? Salt Mine podcast. Well, welcome back, prospectors. We're delving into the, we delve into the salty, salty mines. <laughs> all right. This next one. This next one. one. <laughs> Uh, no. 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 Uh, your chorus of no's make me stronger. <laughs> <laughs>